And you can text us on our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. From the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, you probably heard this voice before. Inbounds to Garrison. Cowboys are the ball up two. They've had tough luck in close games this year. Hands it off to Small. They spread the floor down to 12 to shoot. Small crosses over. Defended by Bridges. Gets a screen right. Alley-oop to Garrison for the slam! Bridges drives it left, attacks the rim, layup blocked off the glass by Garrison. Rebounded by the Cowboys on the run. Thompson drives, feeds a cutting Garrison for the slam. Dave Unsacker is the play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and that game was his 1,000th broadcast for a Cowboy uh, athletic event. Dave happens to be with us on the hotline today, uh, right now. And Dave, congratulations, my friend. What a number, what a mark, and what a ride for you so far at Oklahoma State. How are you feeling this morning? Well, it's, it was fun. I I sure wish it had been a lot better and, lot, and would have been awesome if we'd have won that game. We needed to win that game a lot more than I needed a thousand wins. But it's uh, we're playing better, so that's good. And just hope you can play well enough, fast enough in this conference, which is even better than people thought it would be. So yes, it's been a wonderful, been a wonderful run. It's been a lot. I, I was they caught me off guard with a lot of things Saturday that happened and family coming in I didn't know was coming and it was it was really cool you know one of the things I like the I, I, first of all I've, I've obviously had the pleasure of knowing Dave since he took over for Bill Bill was a very dear friend to many of us I worked with Bill on the Oklahoma State broadcast and the Tulsa broadcast as well as other things here and that's not an easy thing to do but you came in and filled those shoes and and just kept uh, I don't even want to I don't know it, it was your your even-keeled nature at the very beginning that impressed me, and of course, your play-by-play is fantastic as well. How do you think things have gone for you through these years? How do you think you've changed as a broadcaster? Oh, it's, you you grow a lot, and Joe Riddle had a lot to do with that because he's you know he's as good a producer as there is in the country, and yep. he just he taught me a lot about how a game should sound and and why it should sound that way, and little tiny things that are actually big things, he helped me tremendously just to grow and understand how a game should be put on the air. That it, it, it was huge. And now I'm doing that and sharing it with my students, and he, he still is doing that. So that, that, was, that was a big, big part of it. You know, Tom Dorado sort of helped me get my feet on the ground here in Stillwater. And you just, you know, as time goes along, you just manage the, the moments better. You know, your, your brain doesn't, you know, the excitement overload doesn't take over. There's there's obviously excitement, but you can still throttle down enough to know, okay, here's here's what you have to make sure gets done as these last seconds unfold. And so you just you just mature. The more you see, I, as bad as it sounds, the more you see, the less shocked you are and the better you are <laughs> yeah. because you're not dealing with emotions. You're just, you know how to put everything in context and yet still capture everything the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. I've got a question about that I want to get to in a moment. First, 818 on the Blitz 1170. If you'd like to send your congratulations by text, you can right now at 918-262-5072 on our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Bryce? Yeah, Dave, I just wanted to know what kind of advice would you give young broadcasters um, just when I think about your situation, being able to keep you know the continuity and structure in one place in a business that can you know change on a dime so much, what kind of uh, advice would you give to young broadcasters to be successful in your situation? Well, I think the big thing is just be, and it's what I tell the students in class, is that just be so ground in the fundamentals that if they criticize you, it really can't stick. 
if you're really sound at what you do and you're really good at what you do. It's a little different in today's world where things can get squirrely, but even if that particular situation doesn't work out, somebody somewhere will give you a chance. If you are just so good in your fundamentals and so good technically and you're a good guy, you've got to be a good guy or a good gal, you can't go around and treat people like crap. That's not going to work. Uh, you, you've got to be professional, respectful, kind, uh, you know, humble, and then just be so sound technically that they just have a hard they, – they can throw dirt at you, but it won't stick. And it might get you once in today's world. It used to be that would prevent you from getting hurt at all. Now that's not necessarily the case. But somebody somewhere will recognize that. So – just, just, just be a good teammate. Really, you know, biggest thing is understand it's about the fans being entertained and about just describing it about the, what the coaches and players are doing. It's about the coaches, players, and fans. You're just kind of a connection point. You have to have that right perspective and have a really a servant's mentality that you're serving the fans and you're there to help promote the players and coaches and and just stay out of the way and and be easy to deal with. And if you do those things, and chances are. You know, at, at at some point, usually sooner, but sometimes you, you take a couple knocks, but it, it has a way of working itself out. Yeah, you're always going to take some knocks, yeah. And that's yeah. No, no matter what, someone's going to disagree with something we say when we're broadcasting a game. Dave Hunsaker with us here on the Blitz 1170 at 820. Uh, Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulls. You know, you mentioned how to kind of keep it all framed and in perspective, and that's another thing for young broadcasters is – volume doesn't equal excitement and that's something you've always been really good at how would you express and explain to someone how you do convey excitement without screaming into a microphone which can really be awful during a broadcast well you have a lot of tools you can change your pace you can speed up for excitement you can slow down for drama you can do that you can change pitch that doesn't mean change volume Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of theater to it and so you have to think of it that way you know, you can slow down for drama. You can change inflection for drama. You can speed up for excitement. Now, you can't speed up so much that they can't understand you. Because, you know, and I did that when I was a young broadcaster. I screamed. Nobody knew what was going on. They thought <laughs> one time in the high school game, a kid hit a half-court shot that the place had been bombed. They were worried about injuries. Well, just, I just didn't contain it. So, but that's part of the learning process. But I think, yeah, you just, you have these tools. You have to think of it. It's theater of the mind, as Joe Riddle used to always say, and he's right. And you have these tools with your voice. You don't need volume, you know, pace, inflection, uh, you know, there's, there's all those things. Pitch, there's all those things you can change, you can drag out. There's just so many things you can do that that help you with that. And I, growing up in Missouri, I had a chance to listen to some of the very, very best you know, Missouri was just a mm-hmm. breeding ground for play-by-play guys, whether it was Bob Costas, John Rooney, Kevin Harlan, Bill Wilkerson that did the Cardinals. I mean, if you listen to, if you go back and listen to Bill Wilkerson do Missouri football or St. Louis Cardinals football back in the day, you will understand who influenced me in football very clearly as there's tons of his style in my call. I just, that's what I grew up with. I thought he was awesome. Uh, and probably basketball-wise, Kevin Harlan was my biggest influence. Yeah. And so you just you pick up from those guys. But I was lucky to, to grow up listening to those guys. They were the elite, and some of them still are the elite guys. And not to mention Jack Buck and Fred White, Denny Matthews yep. uh, on the baseball side. But they were the elite of the elite. And so I was blessed to grow up where I listened to those guys every day. Yeah, Kevin's such a good guy too. And because if and I know I know what you're talking about, and you if there's somebody you listen to and you really enjoy. 
and then you have a chance later on to meet them in your career and then you you know you may slyly or just right very forward ask for advice and you realize those guys have some of the same things that you know you and I, or I had growing up and they have those stories too but they're always helpful aren't they oh my gosh yes you know when I first started doing some TV when I was at Radford, I did some Big South television work, and and you know I remember talking. Kevin Harlan at that time was bouncing back and forth between radio and TV with the Timberwolves. This is in the '90s, and he said something. He said, "You know what, Dave? Your TV's not going to be any good. It's just not. It, it, it bounces back and forth is really difficult. It'll take you four or five years, and that's if you were doing forty or fifty games a year on TV to be any good at it. You just so understand that. You know, do the best you can. Just continue to grow in it." But when you're jumping back and forth, unless you're doing a high volume of games like I am, and even in my case, it took me four or five years to be able to do both. It's just really, really hard. And he was right. Uh, you know, it's just things like that. And But <laughs> one of the things, and I still think about it to this day, when we had that conversation, and I think about this doing baseball TV, you know, Kevin said, do not read the graphics, interpret the graphics, enhance the graphics. And it was like, yep. They can see it on the screen, add meaning to it. And it's like, boom. So yeah. I've taken that, used it, and shared it with my students, and I never read a graphic. If you watch a baseball OSU telecast, I will never read a graphic. I will enhance it or interpret it, but I'll never read it. It's always interesting, the, the tips we get. Talking to Dave Hunziker, play-by-play voice at Oklahoma State, just celebrated his 1,000th game behind their microphone. I know a 1,000 people are going to ask you this and already have. What are some of the more memorable moments for you in those thousand? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, of course, any Bedlam football win, uh, there haven't been a lot of them. Uh, but obviously this year, two years ago, Tyreek Hill, 0-1-0-2, which was the, where the Bedlam wins that started it all, 2011 when you won the Big 12. I mean, all of those fall in there. When you win basketball games at Kansas and been fortunate to see two of those, 2013 and Coach Boynton's first year, 2018, hard to believe he went in there his first year and won. That's just crazy. Coach Sutton never won in there. That's just hard to believe. Uh, so those things jump immediately to mind. And then and then there's just some others that, you know, for, for different reasons were big. But those are the biggest ones. I mean, when, when, you, when you win big Bedlam games and you win at Kansas, that's about as good as it gets. And then, of course, the Final Four run has to be in there. I mean, in the Big 12 Championship in 04, that was, that was incredible. The St. Joseph's win in the Meadowlands was absolutely amazing. That entire run was amazing. So we've been lucky. We've won a lot of games. There's a lot to choose from. Yeah, there certainly are. And then the other thing is you stepped in for Bill Tegans. You knew the situation. You knew the thought around here. I know it's not an easy thing ever, ever easy. How did you handle that emotional part of that day? You know, the biggest thing was, is just, just go in, just do your job and, and let, let things happen as they happen. And just don't really say a lot besides being on the air. Just listen and just observe and kind of figure things out. Just watching people and listening to people and say a whole lot. I mean, not that I didn't, you know, I was friendly, but I didn't just, you know, I didn't interject opinions or anything like sure. that. I didn't have any reason to have any opinions. I hadn't been here. So what do I have to offer? Just listen. And so I did. And then just tried to, you know, be respectful, be kind, understand what people were going through and just go do your job. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing was re- helping by doing that, helping people realize that the games were going to be fun again. They wouldn't ever be the same again, but they would be fun again. And if 
and just let things, you know, carry on and time will pass and things will never be normal, but at least some of the things that you enjoy will be enjoyable again because at that moment, that's you, you, that's not really the case. Yeah. So that's just how I went about it. And and uh, I was lucky. I think one of the things that really helped is I decided to live here in Stillwater. I, I don't think I could have done it otherwise. No way. It, it, I, I needed to be here where I could be around the coaches and players a lot. I needed to be here so I could go out on fundraising trips and interact with fans and donors. That was a huge thing my first two or three years here. I got to know so many of our people and really understand how they thought and why they thought the way they thought. That was hugely important in doing this job, just to go out and build those relationships with the fans and get to know them and spend time with them. And, you know, that, that was a big, big part of this because I, I made a lot of friends really fast because I had the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, obviously, as I said, coming in, you're a class act. You have been since day one in a very difficult position. But my last question, was it more exciting to get that thousandth game or your 300 game in bowling? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, you know, the thing about a thousand is you just kind of do it. You don't, it, it, it's longevity. You're not thinking about it. I have to admit, when you step on the approach and it's the 10th frame, you got three to go to 300. <laughs> There's a lot on your mind and happens quick. So I'm not sure. I think it's, uh, it's all about the heat of the moment versus trying to be, it's all about longevity versus the heat of the moment. It's on how much, pre- you, do you want long-term pressure or short-term pressure? That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> oh, either way, what a couple of great couple of weeks for you. Dave, class act again. Thank you very much. I know we'll check back with you during basketball. Let's, let's hope this team can pick it up a little bit after a really good showing against Baylor. And thank you for your time. Oh, absolutely, Rick. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the kind words people have offered the last two days. It's, it's just been it's been wonderful and, and, and much appreciated. You bet. Dave Hunziker, play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. You hear them right here, and you hear him right here on the Blitz 1170.